see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot, paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. The beginning of a new world. The best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is, is the Black, Black Cat, Cat Report. Report. See you on the other side. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 3 of the Black Cat Report. My name is Gil, and with me today is the awesome co-hosts, Selena. Hello. Betsabe. Meow. And Joey. Hey you. Um, today we kind of wanted to break away just a little bit from the script and kind of bring you, our lovely listeners, uh, into the mix. Kind of give you an idea of why we're doing this show, um, and kind of share with you some of our own experiences you know these are the conversations that before we decided to do a podcast um this is kind of the inspiration behind it you know sitting around hearing all the friends like talk about things that they've experienced that they've seen um that they've been a part of and yeah i don't know just kind of wanted to bring everybody behind the scenes and actually kind of give them a taste for you know what we do who we are and how we got to be here behind the black cat report our spooky experiences <laughs> where i've heard selena has a lot of them yes yeah so i grew up in california near the projects in a one-story house that was built in the 1930s My family had lived there for a generation before my sister and I, and I'm just going to go right into what the layout of the house was. Upon entering the front door, you find yourself in the dining area with the kitchen to the left and the living room ahead. Then there's a doorway in the living room that opens up to a hallway going left to right. On the right side was my sister's bedroom, my grandparents' old room. On the left was my room, my uncle's old room. There was a third bedroom connecting from my room, my mom's room. My sister, my mom, and I all used to share that bedroom when my sister and I were kids. There was a side door in that room that leads to the backyard. You can see into my room from that back door. That's important later. Well, one of the things that I experienced while I was living in that house was footsteps. I would hear footsteps in the hallway constantly and they were light little footsteps. I didn't see what was causing it for a while. Um, I was sitting on my couch and I caught a glimpse of a little boy with a striped shirt and tan brown pants with a bowl cut running down the hallway. And my uncle had happened to be over the same uncle that grew up in that house. He saw the look on my face and he asked me, did you see that little kid? He said, I used to see that kid all the time when I was younger. And I asked him to describe what he was wearing and he said the exact same thing that I had seen. And it wasn't a scary presence. It was just a presence. It was one of those things that I got used to living in that house. Um, my doorknob would rattle randomly. I had a friend over 
and we were home alone and the doorknob started rattling and she got really scared. I didn't want to open the door because of superstition. My my grandma taught me better than that. If (laughs) something's trying to get in, it's probably like some kind of demon and you don't want to let it in. So I just told my friend, oh, ignore it. That happens all the time. She never came over again. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I wouldn't either. I would be gone for the rest of the time. Like, oh, well, yeah. You know, her mom asked her when she gets back, oh, how was hanging over at Selena's? Um, I now believe that there are spirits among us, Mom. <laughs> I have witnessed things, Mother. Um, no. Yeah, it was, it was kind of normal to me, like, there was something like poltergeist activity, I would say, because um, doors would swing open, um, the shutters and things would like slam, the cabinets would open. It just became kind of something that was normal. Like my mom would say, oh, I really want to close the blinds, but I'm too lazy. And then the blinds would close. Seems like you had a ghost butler. In some in some parts, there were yeah. multiple things in that house, and there was like I always felt this like really dark presence in my grandparents' room. They were like old school Catholics, so they had all kinds of idols and stuff. And um, a lot of people believe that idol worship can lead to people worshiping demons Mm -hmm. because they can take the form of that or they can like live in that and then take the prayer and all that to get stronger and all of that so my grandparents didn't believe that they're just old school catholics so they're like yeah no all the saints all the you know they'll protect us yeah but that was the darkest presence that i felt was in their room. They were doing a breakdown of the top 10 most haunted churches in the world. And the church, which I quizzed you about, I was like, what church did you go to when you were growing up? That church is the most haunted church in the world. So that just kind of like really drove it home for me where I was just like, oh shit. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Like your childhood church. I had panic attacks at that school I also used to just during Sunday school I would either be reading like Captain Underpants under the thing or like because like my friend would bring them to me my mom would be like I'm not buying you that (laughs) you know because it's stupid that book's demonic come home no (laughs) no normal person would wear their underpants outside of their pants okay (laughs) yeah no um yeah I would always fake sick and my mom would have to come pick me up. She was always really annoyed because I would be better, you know, once she picked <laughs> yeah, me up. Magically. I would, like, lay my head on the metal, like, door thing there while the sun was hitting it so that I would get, like, a fever. Nice. Yeah. Listen I had a system. <laughs> Listen up, kids. I had a system. I'd be like, I feel hot. I feel literally like that. And then they're like, oh, my God, you're burning up. And I'm like... Oh, but yeah, back to the haunted house. Um, One of the things that we experienced were doppelgangers. That was another thing that was happening in the house. Um, The first time it happened, 
it happened to my grandfather. My grandparents lived with us in that house um, when we were growing up. My sister was at her sixth grade, like, grad night. So she was out at Six Flags for the night. Well, my grandfather comes walking out of his bedroom. He's going to come out to the living room, but he looks into my sister's room and he goes in there. And my mom, my tita, my abuelita, and um, me were like sitting there like, what is he doing? And he finally comes out and we're like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I was saying goodnight to Paulina, my sister. He's like, she called me over there and I went over to talk to her and I told her goodnight and gave her a kiss goodnight and all that. And we were like, she hasn't been home for hours. She's not going to be home for hours. And he's like, no. And then took us to the room and there was nobody in there. Wow. That room that she was in used to be my uncle's room. A lot of the rooms we switched around and moved in a lot, my sister and I. There was that incident with the doppelganger. He was really shaken up by it. Um, but the other ones happened to my sister. And she, um, she hadn't lived with us for a while and she moved back home and was working at Home Depot for a little bit and at that point she was living in my grandparents old room well she had gotten home walked around the back to see if she could look into my room to see if I was home because she wanted to scare me <laughs> so <laughs> she like it's went to the back of the house to that backside door and looked into my room and when she did she saw me sitting on the floor at the edge of my bed staring like off to the side looking up at the wall and she like called my name and she said that I slightly turned but I didn't look at her so she was like oh I can totally get her so she ran to the front of the house, used her key, unlocked it, unlocked the front door, and then, like, ran up to my room and threw the door open and, like, looked at the floor uh, at the foot of my bed and yelled, Boo! I was laying on top of... Well, I was laying in bed with a bunch of, like, Gatorade and, like, snacks around me because I was hungover. I believe this. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, you could tell that, like... I had been laying like that for hours and I there was no way I could have jumped into bed that way. That's and she like looked up at me and she asked me if I moved and I said no and then she like looked at me and saw that like there was no way that I could have just moved and then she started like hyperventilating and crying. So we went outside. <laughs> oh my god. And um we waited until someone else got home. And then another time it happened, I was at work and she had just gotten off of work. She got into the house and was going to start making something to eat, but she heard me in the other room, like singing, like humming. So 
that was back when it was my room on the left and her room was on the right. So she goes from the living room to the hallway, goes into, like, goes to try and, like, open my door. It's, like, open to crack and she can see me standing, humming, like, looking up at the ceiling. And she pushes the door open. She's like, hey, do you want something to eat? And I, like, looked at her and then walked straight into the closet. What the fuck? And she got, like, freaked out. And she was like, what are you doing? And she opened the curtain to the closet. And it was stacked with shit. Like, just storage. There was no way that a person could fit in there. She went outside and sat on the front steps. And reevaluated life for a while. Yeah. No, she just waited until I got home. <laughs> <laughs> so she's experienced that. And um, another thing that I had experienced in that house was shadow people. I was supposed to be learning how to play the guitar, but I was eating pizza <laughs> with the person that was supposed to be teaching me how to play guitar. Naturally. And I was sitting at the dining room table, and from where I was sitting at the dining room table, I could see into my bedroom down the hallway. And I was sitting there eating pizza, the guy was sitting next to me and all of a sudden like I I noticed I was like staring at something and it was this black like spot on the ground in the doorway it just looked like a black like ink spot and I was like because I was trying to figure out what was making the shadow or whatever and it didn't like make sense so I just kept staring at it and then it just kind of like pulled up into like a crouching figure and then it just stood up and it was taller than the door frame and it was like just this black like figure and it kind of looked like it looked left it looked right and then it started walking towards the door to the third bedroom my mom's bedroom and I was in shock I, I was just like my jaw was hanging open and then the guy just jumps up next to me and he's like did you fucking see that what the hell was that thing and I was like I don't know and then he's like got up and started chasing it and I freaked out so I started running after him trying to get him to like not chase it there's like two two schools of thought in that you like one where it's just like <laughs> I gotta go see what that is. And yeah. you're just like, uh, haven't you seen horror movies and paranormal yeah. movies before? <laughs> yeah, like he followed it up to the doorway of the bedroom and then it just ran through the side door out to the backyard and he wanted to chase it outside and I blocked him from doing it. I was too freaked out. Okay, so I've never seen a shadow figure. Um, but I've heard a number of people's, like, reports around, like, staticky-looking shadow figures or, like, stickmen even kind of things or just, like, similar types of, I guess, like, apparitions to things like that. 
And um, <clears throat> one thing that I've like I've noticed that I don't feel like has been super brought up, but I guess how I've always pictured it in my mind. Um, did it when it appeared when it came out of this like ink blot portal thing in the ground? Um, you said that it like looked left, looked right, and then like kind of like picked the direction and went that way. Like, did it kind of look like it was trying to assess like where the heck it was? Like, yes. did it like come up and it was just kind of like, all right, I'm here, and then just takes off because like. Yes, it looked okay. like it was trying to figure out where it was or like trying to orient itself. It yes, looked one way, it looked the, the other way, and then. It was like, I'm going to this doorway, and then it started walking that way. There was, there's, um... It didn't seem to, like, see us. Yeah, yeah. Until we were chasing it. Then it got to the back wall of the room, Uh and it did the thing again, like, looked both ways, and then it ran out the side door. There was, um, there was a recent, not to, like, go too far off or whatever, but, like, um, one that I remember pretty vividly or whatever i remember well from somebody's story there was a recent um report of this guy who like came out recently he used to work at a nuclear weapon silo like in the u.s um you know <clears throat> super secret ultra lockdown weapon silo where it's just like these massive you know 10 foot like thick cement doors that close behind him on his shifts like that kind of a situation um and he said this, like, staticky shadow figure appeared one day. And there was, like, all this, you know, like, camera footage and people saw it and, like, all this kind of crap. But it just, like, appeared in the base. And, like, that was something that he explained there. But he never... I, I wish I could have, like, asked him that same question because I was, like, every time I hear about these things, it's always, like, they kind of, like, are confused. You know, it's, like, they're just, like, dropped into the situation, and they're, like, all right, wait, wait, okay, okay, I need to go this way. And, like, you said, like, orient. Like, that's the perfect word. Like, they're just, like, where do I go? Where do I go? Okay, I'm here. Like, they're more overwhelmed by popping up in this dimension, if you will, than they are where they're at, almost. They're, like, okay, whatever, there's people there. I just need to figure out where I'm at real quick. Okay, I'm good. And then they just, like, take off. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, if they can see, like, if if they're there and they can see something, like, see people don't really seem bothered by it they're kind of just like whatever i mean when they get there they must have been taught by their parents well to look both ways <laughs> as soon as they came into the house they were just like left or left right and then they got out of the they got out of the door and they're like left right okay go and then they go up they yeah. ran so it's like something had to be teaching them like oh okay cool like to orient themselves when they get to this place because i mean yeah. think if you got dropped in a random place like this yeah and you're just like uh, yeah, you like yeah. in this person's home. Where's the entrance? Where's the exit? Yeah, that's yeah. the last thing you look for when you go into a place. Like if you're, just, you get randomly dropped into a place, you're just like, oh, I'm in somebody's home. Yeah. Um, cool. I probably should leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, some other stuff that started happening. Um, I have depression, and my depression was starting to get really bad and I noticed that like as it started to get bad the kind of energy in the house was getting worse and um I had my cat Charlie who was a sweetheart Charlie. yeah um 
but he always slept with me and at one point I was probably I think I was 15 I was like 15 or 16 years old and my grandparents came to visit again so they were staying in their bedroom um it was directly across the hall from my room and my mom would always go to bed before I did so she would go into her room which was the one built off of my room and then I'd you know do whatever I was doing go to bed super late and then yeah well one night for some reason I woke up and it was three in the morning and my door was wide open yeah it was really creepy the devil's hour what they say yeah and my door was wide open and I was like really freaked out because I was afraid of the dark I had my light on and like all I could see was like pitch black down the hallway like I couldn't even see the door to the room to my grandparents room it just looked like a black hole so I like jumped up out of bed like slammed the door shut and like went to my mom's room and asked her like why didn't you close the door and she's like, I've been sleeping. I've been in bed before you. Like, I've been in bed for hours before you did. Like, you know, like, I haven't moved. I haven't touched your door. And then she's like, maybe your tito came in and, like, wanted to look, like, you know, check on you. And I was like, okay. And that's what I thought happened. But then it kept happening every night. And then my grandparents went back to Mexico. And it kept happening and I got really freaked out so I started locking the door mm. and then instead of those small footsteps that I would hear occasionally I started hearing like stomping footsteps from my grandparents room coming down to my door and then it would be three heavy knocks and I thought I was losing my shit but my cat would jump every time like there was a knock on the door so I was like okay I'm not crazy I'm not just hearing things and like my doorknob would rattle I would wake up and like my bed would be shaking just like I would end up staying up all night because if I tried to go to sleep I would have these terrible nightmares and then I would wake up to the knocking on my door at 3 a.m. and the thudding and it it would be running up and down the hallway like really heavy running up and down the hallway and then stopping at my door and then just like a knock and then like running up and down running up and down and then three knocks and like it was terrifying I didn't sleep for a long time I like I would go to bed at 6 30 when the sun was coming up we ended up having to get the house blessed. It happened twice they blessed it. And it had been blessed before. But it didn't do anything. It was still there. Like, I'm not religious, but I even like went to the church for help. My mom said I should, and I was like, okay. Yeah, at that point, it's like, what do you have to lose? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anything you can so you can actually sleep getting three mm -hmm. knocks at 3 a.m. 
Yeah. Every morning. Every every evening. Did did anybody else like experience or hear like the knocks and stuff in the house or the footsteps? Do you know if any like uh, Paulina or your mom or Tito or like anybody if they ever heard anything like that? I know your uncle used to see um, the same little boy in the striped yeah. shirt and stuff like that, but was it associated with like knocks? Do you think it was a little boy? Like what are you I don't do- think it was a little boy. The footsteps were so much heavier. Okay. And my sister sleeps like a rock. <laughs> and my mom's room was pretty big and her bed was pretty, you know, yeah. like a distance. So it was just me and my cat. Oh, I'm Yeah, it's. I got like. I know y'all. Alright, so we're all cat owners, not surprising. Um, but we're all. I, would, I don't want to say owners, but you know, in the. the we're cat slaves province. right now, actually. Cat yeah. Parents. Yeah. Um, parents is a cool word. <laughs> um, you know, we're kind of. Like, being a cat parent is kind of like being the parent of like a 19 year old to like 20 year old, where it's just like you're just completely indebted to them. And they're kind of going to do whatever the hell they want to do. And they do do things to spite you, too. So, like, you exactly. know, you could just be, you just be sitting there having fun, and then the cat will just be like, you know what? I feel like getting into something devilish today. Yeah. 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 But, like, that's, like, always been my thing, though, and I'm, I'm assuming it's y'all's, too. It's, like, you're home alone, or some spooky, creepy stuff happens, and, like, there's, like, a knock, or there's a boom, or there's a sound... And, like, the first reaction is, like, oh, shit. And then you, like, look over at your cat to be, like, did you notice that, too? And, like, if they notice that, that's when your heart fully drops. You're just, like, okay, now I'm really screwed. Okay, this is bad. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Dada saw this. Oh, God. <laughs> you know? yeah. Or sometimes when the cat will just stand there and look off at some place, like, in a corner. And you're just, you're sitting there and it's it's pitch quiet. And you just see your cat turn and look in the corner for about a minute. And you kind of, like, oh, <laughs> I really, so that's where I should be looking and probably <laughs> something's going to happen I really hope that like cats like eventually if we're gonna like learn to actually just full on conversate with them you know in our respective languages and like cats are just gonna be like oh god yeah we've been doing that for years just to mess with you <laughs> yeah, I can't no. believe you guys have been falling for that you think we see things we've, we've been able to read English for like hundreds of years so like, yeah we saw all your memes yeah no we just keep this up we just can't play we were worshipped back in the day for a reason the yeah. Egyptians worshipped us who do you think invented hieroglyphics <laughs> like, not the Egyptians side track well like what what denominations what religions yeah. or like backgrounds Catholic like, and Christian Catholic and Christian okay yeah were you there for when they did it or did you see yeah like, they, they got holy water and like smudged it on the house and like everybody was like holding hands and praying and like they were like burning sage and like you know was it everybody in your house or did they have like more people come over it was the church oh the whole how many people not like the whole church but it was probably about like 10 15 people oh wow to kind of backtrack that church doesn't have the best reputation if you look at yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think those priests are very good at, uh, <laughs> yeah. at getting rid of ghosts especially if their church was the most haunted yeah 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 go away, go away you ghost it didn't really go away until i i felt like i just got fed up and i was just like I would just kind of like yell back or like cuss at it or whatever. 
and just like try to go back to sleep and stuff and like after that I kind of started to like die down because I guess I wasn't as afraid anymore yeah. <laughs> I can just see the ghost coming up and like the you know it's like getting on your nerves and angry at it and the one day it comes up and you're just like can you just leave me alone please and he's just like oh well I see how this is and then slowly comes back and then like the last day it just comes up to your door and knocks three times you're like go away and he just goes guess I'll just go I don't have anywhere else to haunt yeah I've always felt like um like I've never had a a like personal like I would say like ghost situation you know but I always kind of imagined um just based on like the rest of my life like um I would just have this like mediocre ghost haunt me you know like I would like go to like Habitat for Humanity and like buy like a really nice coffee table or something like that and I would just end up getting this ghost this ghost that just pops up I'm just sitting there like playing PS5 you know what I'm saying just like hanging out and all of a sudden like my my beard just moves across the table like, like and I just look over and I'm like wait that's not my cat my cat's on my lap and then all of a sudden it's just gonna be what the fuck is what what the doilies doilies I'm just gonna get this like weird ass ghost that's like obsessed with me using like coasters and doilies on like all of my furniture and like that's gonna be it I'm just gonna be like shut the fuck up the doilies like shut the fuck doilies don't you have a paranormal experience I do, but I don't have, like, a ghost that, like, haunted me. Like, I feel like mine would be so mediocre. Like, it would just be some weird-ass poltergeist that's, like, obsessed with doilies or something. I'm just gonna be like, oh my god, shut up. Thank you for listening to the Black Cat Report so far. Remember to like and subscribe on your streaming service and follow us on Instagram. Instagram. If you have a paranormal story or idea you would like us to tell or research into, email us at blackcat.report. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. I have a ghost story from my aunt's house and I was about I think 15 or 16 and as most people know in the south and the civil war they have a lot of ghost stories from that because a lot of the houses were used as hospitals during the civil war and a lot of people died had their bones sawn off and like crazy <laughs> things yeah it's just, um, so where I'm from and near I guess it's Fredericksburg, Virginia, uh, Culpeper, where some of the fighting was the heaviest in the Civil War. My aunt had a house in uh, Gordonsville, Gordonsville, Orange, that area. Um, they would tell us, we'd go there, and you'd feel, like, just walking in the house, and you'd feel these, your hair stand up, mm-hmm. and you just feel cold, and you wouldn't feel quite right, so you just wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to go in that house. So we would always walk in, me and my brother, my brother's about seven years older, so I would say I was probably like 10 and he was 17 at that time. So the first thing that I heard from this house about it is me and my brother were there and my mom and my aunt and a few other family members were there. And my brother goes up, he's like, hey, I'm gonna go up to the bathroom, gotta go upstairs to the bathroom and the bathrooms on the left side you go up the stairs bathrooms on the left there's another bedroom on the left and then there's a bedroom on the right and so he went to the bathroom and everybody was like okay cool we're going outside so we all went outside 
And then my brother told us when he came down, he was like, did anyone call my name? They called me by my name, Jeffrey. No. And we're like, oh, I don't know. We weren't in the house. And he's like, something said Jeff. Jeff, leave. What? Leave. Ew. And he's just came down like, are, are you sure nobody else is in the house? They're trying to play a prank, you know, and you're 10 years old. You're gonna, like me, me and my cousin would play pranks all the time on my yeah. brother, especially. But we were not in the house. And that's not the only story. So he basically that day he was like, okay, we're going to probably not come back here anymore. My aunts who lived there, they only lived there for six months. And this house was built. <laughs> that tells you something. Yeah. And this house was built in the 1700s, I want to say. 1700s. Oh so that's like long haunted. time. Yeah. yeah. And it was on one of the major roads that was used by the cavalry in the Civil War and the marches in the Civil War. So a lot of times there's battles, huge battles in that area. So their experience there is that my aunt and her roommate were in each room up the stairs. They were both like, you know, in and out of sleeping. And they both hear right in their ear, each one of them at the same time heard, get out, get out. And they both were like, oh no. So they, I mean, that's, I, I imagine that's not what they said, but, you know, just it's me saying it. They yeah. both got up at the same time. Oh, my God. Both looked or, like, opened their doors to their bedrooms, and their bedrooms looked at each other because they're both across the, yeah. the thing, the uh, upstairs, and they said, did, did, did you hear something? And they both were saying, no, I, I mean, yeah, we heard something. Did you say something? Did, did you come in here and tell me something? And. Nope, neither one of them had. No. The side story behind that also is their bathtub would fill up with hair. Wait, and what? they'd find hair. Not like full okay. hair. But like <laughs> they'd find hair in the bathtub after they had cleaned it and nobody had taken a shower or done anything. Ew. And it was like a ball of hair, not cat hair because they didn't have cats. And they, they had one dog, but they didn't bathe them in, the, in that tub. Yeah. They would find balls of like old wispy gray hair in their bathtub what? after cleaning it. And then they'd be like, oh, I guess we should just clean this again. They clean it and they find more. And they keep finding hair there. And they're like, well, this is not, this is not someplace we should be. Y'all, yeah. if this happens, if this happens to any of our listeners or anybody that any of our listeners know, seriously. For science, Ziploc that shit. Like, you need to hold on to that shit. Just go to your grandmas, grandpas, uncles, aunts, whoever the hell's house. Ziploc that shit. Like, sorry, go ahead. Just yeah, like, I, somebody needs to keep it. I don't know why they didn't try to keep it, to be like, hey, we need to go check this out and see where it's coming from, but I guess, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you're sitting there watching a UFO. Yeah. You really aren't going to take your camera out, and for the most part, if you see it, you're kind of just staring at it. You, you're not going to your first thought is not gonna be like man i should really film this yeah you know <laughs> you just stare at it because you don't want to look away and for it to disappear so i think that's very similar thoughts on how they were mm -hmm. um and it would just after they'd like leave it would go away like they would they couldn't find it again what do you and mean so, like they would throw it in the trash can and it would be gone no like, like it would just they they'd go back like they go try to tell somebody else in the house and then they come back and it wasn't there anymore Dude, no. And so That's they just were beside themselves. And from what they told me 
is that like later on in life as I got older you know you know when you're young your aunts and especially my aunts and uncles were very like playful and funny yeah. and they like to make jokes and scare us they told me you know later on when I got older they told me oh some of these are jokes but when I got older I asked them about that house and they said no that was not a joke that stuff happened and we left that house because of that and we will never go back to that county remote viewer one theory behind shadow people is that they are remote viewers and that that is their presence so like somebody's remote viewing a location and like that's their consciousness their presence their whatever that's showing up in a spot and so the remote viewer is only like partially aware of what they're seeing it's like remote viewing is like really strange because remote viewers generally have like different sets of skills some people can like understand like temperatures and colors and sizes but they don't get like specific nouns right other remote viewers will just see like words they'll just see like they would look around like the room and like be able to start reading the notes on the wall or like the the print or like a street sign or something like that and so in like government experiments and stuff um with the pentagon remote viewing programs they'll have remote viewers that like all kind of have a really high um success rate where it'll be seven out of ten which is insane for somebody sitting in a bunker <laughs> with yes. no idea what the hell they're looking for um it'll be like they'll have like a bunch of people each one have seven or eight out of ten kind of success rate with their remote viewing and they all kind of have their own specialties so it's like three of them will be have high success rates in like temperature and sizes and three of them or four of them will have high success rate with like colors and with this and so the remote viewers will have their target they'll have like a blind target in front of them that'll just be delivered to them that day um they'll take down their notes they'll do whatever their process is for remote viewing and then it'll be sent back to whoever made the request to the remote viewers and then people have to put it together and be like oh it's a building that's this size that's this color here's the signage that's outside of the building here's this here's the temperature we can blah 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 and like then they start to piece it together like you would with clues for anything else right but they use the remote viewers to kind of like get a basic peripheral view of a situation and so like there's the theory that like with popping up at like nuclear bases and shit it's like that's a spy yeah. that's a remote viewer like popping up and being like what am i looking at here okay i need to go f try to find this because that's what my mission is right now like i, I imagine crazy shit i imagine you know just sitting in the the remote viewers come into come into the room you know they're the there's like here's your mission today the remote viewer sits there looks around is like you know did you get my rider? <laughs> I ordered, uh, it looked kind of like Ozzy. I ordered a bunch of green, only green M&Ms. And I see a few red ones in there. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get all those nuclear codes right. So was it Alpha Omega or was it uh, Beta Alpha? I just, I'm having a hard time remembering. Yeah. And I ordered the glass bottle Coke and... <laughs> That is a regular can Coke. So I just, I I think I really got to go back to the Hilton. Just a bunch of pre-Madonna remote viewers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like my I really need the fuel and that caffeine is just much better with pure sugar and not high fructose corn syrup you know they would be addicted to diet coke because there's a weird cult around diet coke the aspartame yes the aspartame aspartame and that is their name and that is the remote viewers team name they're the aspartame aspartame yeah and they all drink diet cokes exactly yeah I think we um I like diet coke she is one of them. Get the net. And now on now to on Gilbert's, Gilbert's story. I can say without a doubt now, looking back, you know, 10, 12 years later, it completely changed my perspective on things. If anything, I was almost like kind of an arrogant, um, like a, an arrogant, like militant atheist, right? So um, I always consider myself like agnostic on a good day, you know? <laughs> um, and, um, but there was one point in my life in in my early 20s so it would have been it would have been around um 2011 2012 um uh, long of it short of it you know early 20s i uh i hopped trains traveled around the country and stuff that way that was a thing that i did and um yeah so this one time uh i was in northern florida right and I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, so I was in this very, 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 very small town um, in northern Florida. To give you an idea of how small it was, there was one light and one McDonald's, and on the long-distance bus, which took people between towns that I was riding on at one point, I was told by my mentor, who taught me how to hop trains, um, Kyle, rest in peace, um, I was taught by him, or told by him when I was getting ready to go there, he said, uh, go up to the bus driver and tell him to drop you off at the McDonald's. And I remember my response to him during that phone call being, what the hell do you mean drop me off at the McDonald's? He's like, trust me, he'll know what you mean. I'm like, all right. So we were like 20 miles away, eventually get to town. The bus driver literally is just like, all right, this is your stop, and drops me off at this McDonald's, right? Um, it's, I don't know, maybe five o'clock in the evening six o'clock in the evening um it would have been in the fall and uh so it was like still kind of that bluish orangish kind of like lighting outside the sun hadn't fully set right it was a early late evening kind of vibes right and so i get dropped off at this mcdonald's and when i get dropped off i remember looking over and i see this uh this uh woman and this guy um and they were pretty peculiarly peculiarly is that a word um they they were dressed in a very unique manner right it was it was black and a specific shade of purple and for anybody in the wiccan community or has been around the wiccan community you know the exact shade of purple that i'm talking about right now so it was that vibe um i have family uh, ties or history don't want to reveal too much for certain folks um folks in my family are identify and are uh wiccan right so they very much knew what i was looking at it was like oh wow that's a witch you know um no disrespect i mean that's like in in my upbringing that's just like oh they're presbyterian you know it's just like okay whatever um but i saw them knew who they were whatever fast forward um so i had been instructed by kyle uh to uh when i get to the mcdonald's there's gonna be a traffic light on my left if my back is to the mcdonald's and there is going to be a long, empty street to my right. 
I should just start walking down the empty street for about a mile until I cross some railroad tracks. Immediately on the other side of the railroad tracks, there's a dollar store, right? So I'm like, cool, right? So my mentor told me, you know, I'm going that way. So start walking down the road, walk about a mile, right? Get on the other side of the railroad tracks, of course, right there, there's a dollar store. And in between the railroad tracks and the dollar store, there's a um, kind of a gravel service road. And the service road goes on um, farther than I can see, right? It's just a straight road that just like keeps cutting. And there's a forest on the right side. Um, when you're facing all this, there's a forest on the right side and there's a swamp on your left. Again, this is Florida, there's swamps, right? It's so, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was instructed that there was an old burned out house that was a great spot for train hoppers to kind of stay in while they were waiting for trains to come through. Um, it was a safe spot in the woods, uh, just a little ways past this dollar store if you follow the service road. Again, it's getting to be kind of late evening, right? So it's starting to get dark at this point. And so I start walking down the service road. I walk maybe, I don't know, 200 yards down the service road. And in my mind, um, I'm not seeing any burned out house or anything anywhere. I'm just seeing train tracks, gravel road, forest on my right. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I need to... Uh, I need to find a spot to like basically go up in the woods, camp for the night, and be away from the main road far enough. Nobody's gonna see me or mess with me while I'm sleeping, you know, trespassing in the middle of the night. And so, go up into the woods, uh, find a spot that I think is like kind of comfy, you know, something that's close enough to the railroad tracks that if a train comes through and stops, I can get out, I can get on it in time, but far enough away that if any cars are on the service road right? Nobody's going to see me, right? Um, so I find a spot. I'm chilling. Uh, fast forward a few hours. Now, if you've ever hopped trains before or know anybody or know anything about the life, um, trains are a really, really great way to get from point A to point B if you literally don't care how long it takes or if a bunch of other letters get injected between point A and point B. So so it's the first night. I had only been there for maybe three, four hours and a train comes through and it stops, right? And the, the importance behind the spot is it's what's called a siding. A siding is where there's two sets of tracks and the second set of tracks is long enough that a train can literally pull over to the side and stop. And that allows um, what's called a crew change, right? So the conductor gets out, any of the extra crew gets out, they get into their little um, you know, train company's car or truck, and a new crew gets in, they drive off. They're basically trading out shifts, yep. right? Um, that's what's great about the spot. It's not in the middle of a train yard. It's not in the middle of a city or something where it's like you have to deal with like armed security and all this crap. It's like middle of nowhere. Yeah, you can just hop right on. Yeah, you, you only have to keep your eyes on the back of the head of like three people and make sure they don't see you while you're hopping on a train. It's perfect, right? So if a train's going west, pointing west from where I'm sitting, then like that's the train I need to be on, basically. And so I'm up in the woods. Train comes in, 9 o'clock at night. I'm like, oh my heck yes like i'm so stoked right now like i can't believe it within a handful of hours um i already found the train that's right for me this never happens <laughs> like you, you never only wait five or six hours that's insane so i come running out of the woods and granted i have this 
massive traveling backpack on, right? So I have about 60, 70 pounds of gear on my back, right? Just full hiking backpack. Um, Come running out of the woods. Step out of the woods onto the gravel road just before I get to the train, and then boom, spotlight comes on. I obviously turn, and I look straight down this gravel road, and there's a cop car parked about, I don't know, maybe 100 yards away from me with the spotlight on, shining straight at me, right? So it's just straight road, I'm just a deer in the headlights. <laughs> like, I, Literally. I, yeah, like, it is obviously me standing there, right? And I'm like, shit! <laughs> and so, like, I go to run back into the woods as, um, <laughs> naturally, you know, it's like, run. So I start running back up into the woods, right? Um, I hear, and like this car or the cop car is like speeding up down the gravel road. I literally just appeared in front of them, clearly about to hop a train. Um, and they start speeding down this gravel road. I only have, it felt like minutes. It was probably just a few seconds of me just like trying to be like, how far into the woods can I go before the cop gets to where I'm at? And, you know, there, there's a pursuit that's happening, like, quick, on quick foot math. or something. Quick math. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, is there a tree? Is there a bush? Is there, you know, anything that I can, like, jump and hide behind? Anything. Well, no, there wasn't. <laughs> and, like, the way, um, again, swamp on the other side of the tracks, the reason why there was a forest on that side is it was on, like, a slight hill. So imagine running up a slight, dirty hill with a road at the bottom, and like no real ground cover and a spotlight just like straight up splinter cell style you know is like coming through the woods and you're watching the edge of the spotlight getting closer to you and you're just like shit 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 and you're like looking anywhere and um and I made one of the dumbest decisions or best decisions later like of my life I just threw my bag down on the ground and I laid down (laughs) And the spotlight comes up. The cop is perfectly parallel to me, right? Comes up, and the cop just shines the light straight on me. Um, I'm maybe, I don't know, uh, 50 yards, right, from the road. This cop is shining a spotlight straight on me. He stops, you know, it's the whole classic, like, you can hear the brake squeak, you know, like, brake squeak, stops straight on me, is looking right at me. And I'm just laying flat on the ground with my backpack next to me. And um, and I'm just laying there, and I'm frozen. And I'm a little freaked out. And then about a minute goes by. And then about two minutes go by. And I'm starting to get a little bit confused. I'm also starting to kind of come down from, like, adrenaline. Uh, I remember kind of being a little bit uh, annoyed at a point, like, in my mind, I was just like, all right, I'm going to jail. Just, yeah, just say- come get me. Don't torture me. Yeah, I was like, just say something already. Yeah. Like, Jesus, you know, this is, this is weird. This is a mind game, you know, that's happening here. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I remember I, like, pulled out my phone, and I texted my partner at the time, uh, and <laughs> this is how eventually I knew it was at, like, 9.30 at night when this happened, but I had texted them, and I was just like, hey, uh, I'm going to go to jail tonight. I'll message you about this later, but da-da-da-da-da. 
that's like a terrible text to get from somebody while you're at work. Even though they knew what I was doing, they were just like, you know, what the fuck? Da -da 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 -da. They start messaging me back. Some time goes by. Um, and this is where the first weird moment I was aware of, like, kind of like happens. Um, I woke up. At some point, either from a crash of adrenaline or from something, I just, I passed out. I don't know, I still don't know what the heck it was. I've never had a problem in my life. I've traveled a bunch by myself. I've hopped trains a bunch by myself. I've hitchhiked, I've done all, I've done all of it, you know. Um, I've never had an issue with like falling asleep or passing out and granted the day before I got to this place I had been in my house where I was living at the time. I was super well rested. I wasn't malnourished or anything like that um, And you know, I'm going into the situation as a skeptic, right? So like I, but like I I just woke up and I remember coming to breath just kind of like <gasps> like just freaked out immediately when I woke up because I thought like the last memory I had was a spotlight shining on me and just thinking about this I looked at my phone there's the text message of me texting my partner and then like just 40 text messages <laughs> afterwards of them being like what the hell's going on I'm at work da -da -da. you got me freaked out da -da -da. and just like for hours they've been trying to message wow. me and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And like, I'm, so I'm trying to come to, and I eventually kind of get up the nerve. I, I slowly creep up. I go. I hate this time I don't jump out into the gravel road. I look to the is sides. Nothing. It's, it's been like three or four hours. There's nobody there. The train's gone. The cop's gone. Nothing. It's gone. I, I just, and I just woke up. I fell asleep with a cop with the spotlight literally shining straight on me or passed out or whatever and then woke up to it not it was just like blinking right um and so so that was weird right um fast forward uh <laughs> like with all good train hopping um it was taking days so um every other day or so for the next week I would make the long walk back into town um, or to the single McDonald's I should say there I think there was like a pilot gas station there or something um, and at McDonald's that was like it um, but make the long walk go there charge my phone right every now and then I think I went to like the dollar store and got some like Hormel's chili you know best cold chili um, and uh, hey you know that's what you got to eat that's what you got to eat hey, the dollar store is a lifesaver sometimes Real. if you're out in the middle of nowhere because they are literally everywhere in the middle of nowhere it's the only general I'll follow is that dollar general you could have more dollar stores than houses in some towns so I've seen it um, and they're always by a railroad track it's, kind of funny. it's true they're always by a railroad track so so over the next couple days, I kept seeing the same couple. Again, that kind of, I'm just going to say it because my family who is in this group would not take it as a bad thing. So I'm not going to say it that way. But um, um, this witchy couple, right? You know, just witchy vibes. Uh, all respect. And I kept seeing them everywhere I went. I'd see them in the dollar store. I'd see them standing in line at the McDonald's. I'd see them down the road waiting to cross the street. Just I just They just stood out to me, right? And... Um, Anyways, uh, fast forward a few days. I had been there for about a week. Um, second to last day I was there. Uh, 
I eventually find this burned out house, right? And it's, uh, it's, there's, uh, pricker bushes that are about nine, ten feet tall, and I see this, like, tin roof way the hell out into the bush, surrounded by pricker bushes higher than I could see. Like, I had to step up onto the railroad tracks and, like, stand on them to, like, look up to kind of see a tin roof, and I'm like, that must be this house. In my mind, I was all like, man, I bet you if I get there, there'll be an easy trail out of there, right? So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tough it up. I'm gonna go through these nine foot tall pricker bushes um, next to a swamp. I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna get to this house. That'll be a lot better than sleeping out on the ground where there's like cops and crap. And so uh, I made it there. And uh, spoiler alert, there wasn't an easy way out of there. But I did find a... Um, a massive kind of like uh, old camouflage netting this like weird netting crap and so I was like well, this is kind of sweet um, wrapped it up put it in my backpack right put it on the side of my backpack um, eventually left went back to the McDonald's the second to last time I guess for the story or last time for the story went back to the McDonald's charged my phone started walking back to the railroad tracks at the end of the day sitting there with my you know 99 cent coffee just happy as can be walking back to spend another long night waiting for a train that doesn't seem to be coming it's been a week at this point right just me out in the woods <laughs> just like bored as hell you're very patient <laughs> and, um and so i start getting back and uh anyways uh i'm approaching i'm approaching the railroad tracks with the dollar store on the other side and a train finally pulls up and is going in my direction. And I am, I am just over the moon. I am ecstatic. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Like I can hear it hitting its brakes, it's slowing down. I'm like, yes, focus, focus. So I start running with my like 80 pounds of stuff on my back. You know, I'm just like basically hobbling down the road. I'm like trying to get there. And I make it, the train's going, and I'm so excited. And so I start running along the side, and granted, I'm on the swamp side, so I run along the side of the train tracks as far as I could before I get to the swamp. And the train goes, it stops, and I'm like, yes! And so I start kind of like hobbling along the like big old railroad track, kind of like stones, and like trying to find the right kind of car that I want to hop into that I can ride, right? Not every train car you can ride easily. Um, so I'm getting there and finally go to find one and guess what there's a cop that pulls up on the other side right when I go to like start climbing up onto a ladder to get onto the train right um and I'm like shit and so like I jump off the rocks and I'm up to about nipple high into like swamp water at this point with my backpack and everything um train starts to move the cops not moving on the other side of the train on the service road is shining his light down um i pull out the camouflage net from earlier pull it over top of my head and basically just go like kind of like um four-year-old with a monster under their bed like you know if i put this over me maybe they won't see me it was the cloak of invisibility <laughs> basically mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. um so train pulls off right cops shining its light they kind of like look around i can see their light going over me and they just take off and i'm like and this is granted so this is mid early to mid november right in northern florida 
It's not freezing cold, but it's not warm enough to come out of a swamp. Just a bit chilly. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, you know, it's like in the 50s and you're in like mm. cold ass, dirty swamp water. So like I come out, I am just soaking wet with mud and whatever the hell else like on top of me. I just throw that camouflage netting crap off of me and I'm just like, I'm, I'm just pissed at this point. It's been a week. I've already dealt with cops twice. Like it just this this little town sucks, right? In my You've mind. Been eating McDonald's, the been dollar eating. store. Mm-hmm. Can't be helping my mind at this point. No, no. <laughs> Might have got some uh, McChicken poisoning by then. Probably. <laughs> yeah, or fi- the fish fillet, I guess. The mm. fish fillet, some poisoning. Some lead in there. Iron. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, I crawl out <clears throat> of the swamp after the cops leave, and. Uh, of course, I get up onto the tracks. I look over to the dollar store, and who do I see but that same witchy couple? Are they just staring at you? They're just—they're literally. I think I don't remember which one, but they, one of them is just like smoking a cigarette outside of this dollar store. This is like their neighborhood dollar store. I think this might be the only grocery-ish store in town. This is just where they're at, you know. I'm ready to give up at this point. And in my mind, you know, I remember again what my uh, mentor taught me is just like, yo, if you see the same people like all the time while you're trying to hop a train, like go up and ask them about the train routes. He's like, nobody knows train routes and scheduling better than the people that live next to the train tracks because they get stopped by them every single week. Yeah. They constantly have to deal with, if I don't leave my house by this time, I'm going to have to stop and wait for a half an hour for this train to leave. He's like, just go ask them. Like, 90% of the time, they don't care. So I see them, again, soaking wet. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck it, dude. Like, And so I see them walk over, and this is where it starts to get uh, weird that I'm aware of, right? <clears throat> I walk up, and before I say a word... To them, <laughs> this lady, uh, the witchy lady, she's a younger woman. She's like maybe like five, six years older than me. She says, "Your dad used to be a coal miner," and so obviously I choked up a little bit. I was like, "What?" She's like, "You have a really old name." I, uh, what? What do you? parted me and she <laughs> she's like your dad did he have black lung his whole life uh, um she's like I'm gonna help you what are you talking what uh and she's like do you wanna come with me and my partner back to my house we can throw your coat clothes in the dryer um help you warm up we'll help you find a train going west now what's messed up and what I know for a fact even in my skeptical mind um, especially skeptical at the time um, so my name's Gilbert Bentley Jr. Um, father's name's Gilbert Bentley my dad was a coal miner and he was born in the 1930s uh, he had black lung his whole life at that point in my life I had maybe told two three people any of that very few people knew anything about my biological father his history things like that um 
there are a couple of other things, but I can't really say <laughs> without giving away things that I don't want to give away. There were some other things that she said too. Regardless, the whole situation caused me to completely like choke up. This I I hadn't said a damn thing to, <laughs> to this person, you know. Um, but you know, hey, she had a Solomon seal uh, symbol uh, on one of her rings. I knew she was one of the good ones, you know. Uh, that's how I was brought up, and um, yeah. So I was like, I shit. Okay, well, I trust you now. <laughs> you know, like you're about to start reading me off my social security number. <laughs> like that's next. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so she invites me, and frankly, after the week I just had, I, pff, all right, cool, fair game. Um, and so we start walking down the gravel road, right, the service road. Uh, we get about half a mile down it. I haven't really said anything at this point. She just, you know, it was very small talk. It was just, after that, I was just kind of like half in shock. And then she's like, how are you doing? Do you need anything to eat? Da -da 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 -da. I've seen you a bunch around town. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've seen you a bunch too. Da -da 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 -da. And it's small talk, right? So get about a half a mile down. She points into the woods to a large tree. And this is when it, things started to make sense. She points into the woods into a large tree. And she says, see that tree there? I'm like, yeah. A black man was killed by the police there. They hung him. If the police are ever bothering you, go hide underneath that tree. They won't be able to find you. He'll protect you. And, like, I'm getting chills now thinking about this. Obviously... That was the tree that I ended up underneath where I was in full view of the spotlight just a few days earlier. And the cops acted like they couldn't see me and it confused the hell out of me. That was the tree. That's insane. <laughs> I hadn't said a damn thing to her. And like, anyways, um, so a few small heart attacks later, again, I had not said, I'm so skeptical at the time. I was trying to look for ways that she was reading me. I was, I was confused. I was, all these things. Um, we go to our house, right? So we keep walking. Uh, you know, I change out of my <laughs> swamp clothes at this point. Uh, she throws them in the dryer. And uh, she's basically, I forget what time it was exactly, but she's like, hey, you got a few hours till the train that you want is coming, you know? Um, and sorry, backtrack a little bit. That's bad for storytelling. Um, eventually the service road connected to a neighborhood and we walked a little ways into the neighborhood, went to her house, right? So she lives right by there. And that's also why she was always at the dollar store and everything. This is like walking distance-ish from her place. Um, so we're chilling there. She she makes me a um, a bracelet kind of thing with some like charms and stuff on it while we're just sitting there talking. We're just talking about like life and shit like that. The clothes are in the dryer. Finally got some fresh clothes on. Gets to be that time. Um, obviously say thank you. I'm still overwhelmed by everything at this point, but I don't want to lose face, especially being as skeptical as I was at the time. She gives me the bracelet and uh, wishes me off on my way, right? So I step out of the house. I don't get maybe 
10, 15 feet into the street. It's pitch black in where the houses and stuff are on the street. It's completely pitch black. A massive, like, just all black German shepherd just starts running straight towards me. And I remember, I've rarely had to do this. I mean, I always traveled with a knife in my pocket. Um, I pull out my knife. I have it next to my chest. I'm just kind of, like, holding it. And I just remember saying to myself over and over again, like, please don't do this, please don't do this, please don't do this, because I thought this dog was about to, like, attack me, right? And I didn't want to do anything to this dog. And I, I'm just holding my knife, and I'm like, please don't do this, please don't do this, please don't do this. Dog runs up, stops right in front of me, sits down, and does the classic, like, <laughs> and she's just, like, happy as hell to see me. And I'm, like, holding my knife, just, like, clutching it, and I'm like... Uh, I'm just like freaked out and so with my free hand I stick my hand out and the dog just starts doing that little like kneading thing where it just starts like nuzzling its head like into my hand and I'm like okay and so I start petting the dog dog's totally nice totally cool and I was like oh hey <laughs> hey buddy <laughs> like totally thought you were about to rip me to shreds you know um, and I'm like, okay, I, got, I gotta, I gotta make this train. I gotta make this train. So, uh, keep walking. The dog starts walking with me. Right. Um, get down to the train tracks. Start following the service road. Get to about that halfway point. Right. And I go, and I'm sitting there, and it's freezing cold, and I'm just sitting there. This dog's just running back and forth. There'll be like a random sound and the dog will run off into the woods and come back and it's hanging out with me. And I'm just kind of talking to this dog and hanging out, having a great time, you know? Um, and uh, eventually I hear, and it's a car pulling up onto the service road. Before the lights come on, <laughs> I realize it's a cop car. And I'm like, shit. And so I'm like, get up, run up into the woods. At this point, I after this many days, I learned there's a safe spot where I can be where the I have to slip on the cops. So get up into the woods to a safe spot. And I'm sitting there behind kind of a large tree in a bush. And I'm chilling. Dog's hanging out with me the whole time. Cop comes in. Spotlight comes on. Shines. You can just see it shining through the forest again. It's pitch black in this forest, right? Spotlight just slowly, like, you know, just slowly creeping through, looking through the woods. I have all the time in the world. I'm like a half mile down this road, right? So I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I'm like, you know, 7,500 yards up into this forest. Like even if they do come out, I can make a run for it. I'm good. Yeah, you know, you have time. Um, so spotlight travels through. They don't even slow down. They just keep going by. Dog hangs out with me the whole time. So the cop goes by, never see the cop come back out. That makes sense to me because there's a neighborhood attached at the end. So it just circled through. Um, I'm chilling there. Dog's hanging out with me the whole night, right? Um, that was all at about 10 o'clock. Gets to be, let's say, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm still wide awake. Obviously, I've had a lot on my mind <laughs> with like the conversation with this witch. Uh, as one-sided as it was, very much hit home. Um, and everything else. This dog's just hanging out with me, like, all evening. And so I'm talking to it, you know, like, I haven't really got to talk to or see people for days, right? Uh, other than some, like, confused McDonald's employees. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, were they were they confused because you asked for ice cream and they were like, why why does anybody come here and ask for ice cream? It <laughs> never works. <laughs> you know the machines broke. That's the only thing this town had was a working McDonald's ice cream machine. Oh, and that's uh, why everybody. That's, <laughs> that's why it was the only restaurant because it ran everybody else out of business. Exactly. Um, so. So kind of in the last wave of like wooey stuff that happens here, um, I start to see another light that comes on uh, over to my side. It would have been east, and it starts to grow and it starts to get brighter and brighter. And I remember to this day very specifically, like I thought it felt like I had been sitting in somebody's backyard and they turned on their like motion light behind me, right? And so this whole time I'd been coming up really deep into the woods, almost exclusively late at night in the spot. And I was like, am I in somebody's backyard? You know, so I turn around and I look and I can't see a source of a light. And like, it's just glowing. Thank you so much for listening to the Black Cat Report. Remember to like and subscribe on your streaming service and follow us on Instagram. If you have a paranormal story or any ideas you would like to send us, please email us at contact at blackcat.report. So fast forward, this pulse keeps moving and backing out, moving and backing out, almost like the, the you like know, the pendulum. Yeah, or almost like the, the tides like on a shore, just kind of like coming in and fading out, but there's still that second and third layer of water that comes in afterwards and then crashes and it comes in. So it's, it has that kind of a vibe. And then it keeps, it proceeds to pass through. So I eventually see the end of it. The whole time I'm chilling with this dog and I remember talking to this dog just being like, on, and I'm just like petting this dog for my sanity at this point. It probably doesn't even have any hair left on its head. I'm just rubbing it so hard. Like, all right, little man, we're in this. You know, I'm freaking yeah. out. We're in this together. <laughs> yeah. About an hour or so after it passes, I don't remember the exact amount of time, but it was a fair amount of time for me to be fully freaked out and then come down from that. A train did come in and it was going west and I could finally go catch this goddamn train that I've been waiting on for a week. And at this point, all I wanted to do was to leave this weird-ass little town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And train comes in. I'm like, I'm up. I'm ready. I got my bag, you know? And so I start running, find the car that I want to get on, go in, climb onto it. I'm like, yes, I finally make it. Right as I'm climbing onto this car, cop pulls onto the service road. <laughs> and um, shines the light. And I'm like, shit, 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 shit. So I climb around the other side of the car on the swamp side, climb up the ladder. Cop comes through with the spotlight. At that point, I'm way up high on this ladder and I'm barely holding on with my like 80 pounds worth of stuff on me. Cop shining the light, goes slow doesn't see me on the other side on the ladder starts to creep past to start looking at the rest of the cars and my hands give out and I fall so after falling about 10-12 feet slam into the second set of railroad tracks and the gravel um, luckily I had like 80 pounds worth of like clothing and crap on my say, back that probably would have hurt mm-hmm. so yeah I straight up landed like a turtle just like kind of like Pfft. 
and like start Help wobbling. Yeah, if you've ever fallen in a hiking backpack, you know exactly what I mean. It's like very awkward when you're fully on your back. It was like that. And so I'm like, shit, 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 shit. And so I'm like, I finally waddle my way up and go to start climbing up the ladder again. Spotlight shines over to where this loud crashing sound has happened. And the dog pops up right there at the spotlight. Whoa. The cops see the dog and they proceed to follow the dog to the spotlight as the dog goes underneath the train, waddles around a little bit, you know, kind of moves through the area, comes out, and then goes into the woods. And I literally watch them with the spotlight fall this dog off into the woods, shine it back to where I was, which at this point I was a couple steps up onto the ladder on the side of the train, and then they proceed to drive on. Train jerks, starts to move. I climb into the actual spot I was trying to get into this whole time, I look over the edge, the dog is literally sitting on the service road, just just smiling at me. He did his duty. And I just wow. wave at it and say thank you and I leave. I think would have been creepier, you know, like you're just like, oh, these people know exactly who I am. If you looked over and the dog was in the forest and those two people were in the forest just pointing and you heard, there goes another one. <laughs> <laughs> well... What I had found out later um, about that spot where I got on, so eventually made my way to New Orleans, um, met up with some other train hoppers that I knew. I asked about that specific spot, and they were like, dude, you're effing crazy, like, trying to hop a train out of there. And I'm like, why? And they are like, dude, a train got hijacked out of there. The police have been all over that area. Like, they've been calling in, like, a half an hour before they stop, and the police have been coming up there and waiting and looking to make sure that they can do their crew changes. So, like, that's why there were so many cops oh there, and that's gosh. why it was so intense uh, the whole time. Some, a train had straight up gotten hijacked. It was, they, like, two months before I was there, so they were, like, super heightened security. Did they ever find the people that hijacked it? I have no clue. So, I have a theory. <laughs> it was the witches. It was... We okay, can't just so, go around blaming witches. Joey. No, but, <laughs> but think about this, right? So... Every time there was a train there, they were near the dollar store. Yeah. And you saw them there. And they also knew when your train departed. I'm not blaming all witches. I'm saying these specific people that knew exactly when your train was going to be there are already by there. Like, mm. think about, like, crimes when pe when the killers come back to the scene of, scene the, of the crime. And they're, like, they're always walking by. And that family dollar is right by the railroad. So I'm going to blame the family dollar. It could have yeah. been the family dollar. I'm going to blame the family dollar. Somebody, How do you think they get their low, low prices? They have to be hijacking trains. And there that's why go. they're all... There we go. And that's why they're always by train tracks. Store, Store of the day. Dollar General. They'll always be there. Everything isn't a dollar, but it'll be crappy. And remember, always service with a frown. Store, Store of the day. It's just straight up high strangeness. Last one on my personal repertoire, which also crosses over into Joey's and also into Betsabe's. The most perfect way possible to end 2020. It really was. Literally, Betsabe sitting there on the back porch at a friend's house just down the street from our studio, explaining about why our friend should watch a, um, a UFO documentary. I step off the porch slightly away from the house and I'm smoking a cigarette as I do 
and in my true fashion I yell what the fuck is that and I point up at the sky and we literally have um one of our friends who had just returned from uh from duty where they're in the air force <laughs> they step off uh one of our best uh their their wife one of our best friends also steps off the porch Joey and Betsabe step off the porch and we all see what in my mind in my memory looks like something that uh picture a um a stoplight that just appears way the hell too high up in the sky in the clear sky and this is at about seven o'clock it's still kind of sunlight outside just a stoplight that just appears up in the sky we all step off and we're all just staring at it this thing's like blood red wasn't moving wasn't moving wasn't blinking no and then it just kind of like fades out and we're like oh well damn i don't know what the hell that was da, 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 da. everybody starts stepping away i'm still smoking my cigarette kind of facing them with they they have their backs to where this pops up and then it comes back on again in the same spot and everybody rushes back over and looks at it this happened for probably a total of like 45 50 seconds it, maybe it didn't like, look like it was like a cloud that like you know when you see God, yeah no. when you see no, stars no. when you see stars of you know obstructed by the clouds or something like that like they disappear but it didn't seem like there was clouds blocking it and that's why it stopped it just looked like it went on off yeah on off it was like someone was flicking a switch almost but it was so crazy and like something that trips me out because like obviously that piqued my interest piqued everybody's interest um but i looked up reports um from mufon uh, the Mutual UFO Network, about where we live in Asheville, North Carolina, and this same light appearing in the same spot in the sky, appearing in the same time of day, has reports going back 30 and 40 years. There's reports of people in our area, like literally like groups of people gathering at the local grocery store, seeing this light appear in the sky. So like that shit just blows my mind dude yeah that's just cool as hell like it happened (laughs) it's always somebody smoking a cigarette or hanging out in a jacuzzi that's 90 percent of ufo stories somebody steps outside to smoke a cigarette or they're hanging out in a jacuzzi and i want to say honestly like i said earlier it's not like we you know it's not like we saw it and then wanted to be like oh let's take out our phones we literally just looked at it and looked at it and never once did it cross my mind i don't know how some people are just like as they see something they're like oh man i really need to get my phone and see this i guess it's a different type of mindset i was just like i just want to look at this and what is it what pisses me what pisses me off slash like makes me laugh like to this day is four of the five people there are photographer professional photographers and videographers yeah none of them pulled out a camera (laughs) we all just stopped and we're like wtf like literally what are we looking at right now? and then we had a second chance and we all still did the same thing we just looked at it because we didn't want to like you always think about it you just don't want it to disappear like if you feel like if you you blink or you like move away it's gone and you don't think yeah (laughs) it just like does not compute you're just Mm -hmm. looking at it and just like this isn't blending with reality for me like that there's not normally a stoplight that high up in the sky no thank you for listening to the black cat report remember to like and subscribe on your streaming service and follow us on instagram if you have a paranormal story you would like us to research into or to tell 
please send us an email at contact at blackcat.report. Up next is a special bonus story. And we have one more story. And again, it was five of us. Um, we went to Brown Mountain and Linville Gorge. Linville Gorge, and we we're like, oh, let's go, let's go hiking because we had all heard about the these things called the Brown Mountain Lights, and we decided that we wanted to spend the night up on the mountain and just see what it what it was like. So we just decided, okay, cool, let's go stay up there. We'll have like we'll cook hot dogs, we'll bring them up, we'll just have a grand old merry time, a good old camping adventure. And we're sitting there. You know, we had a little whiskey, but it wasn't like an absurd amount. You know, we were feeling feeling good. We weren't drunk or anything like that. Um, so we all are just sitting there, and you know, we see a campfire down. Like you can, we're at the top of a mountain, so we can look down and see like people in the, like the valley area. Yeah. And we look down, and campfire, cool. But then we see just this kind of orb light. I would describe it as and what's described as and when people talk about the brown mountain lights it's described as an orb so we see this orb and it just from what i remember it's in the woods but not in the woods so we're kind of thinking like okay maybe maybe it's a headlight maybe yeah. it's a headlight somebody of a car walking on a trail somebody with a walking with a flashlight and so we just we just keep staring because we're like cool like we, we just want to make sure what we're seeing is what we're seeing and then it just like it moves so fast down yeah. the mountain and in in no way that a person could run a car could go because at that point we yeah. we had looked during the day to see and there was no roads that went that way that was and, that same distance during the day during daylight would have taken us cuz we had just made that hike mm-hmm. literally would have taken us about an hour yeah to go the distance that we were seeing this thing move yeah in a couple seconds yeah, you which guys is crazy. Had all seen it? Yeah. yeah, we all saw like, it. Like literally all of us just watched it. And like, slowly it just starts coming like coming down the mountain. So like basically we're looking at the top of a mountain and then down into the valley is like the people, you know, having a campfire. And yeah. we see it come and down the mountain really mm-hmm. fast comparatively to anything we had seen. Yeah. And then so I'm honestly in my mind I'm sitting there like this is like coming at us. Yeah, <laughs> like this is going to find us, you know, where, where we are, and so all all of us are sitting there just watching it. And again, you, we none of us were thinking of it, and most of us were all videographers and photographers. We're thinking about it, going, we should take out our phones and yeah. film this. <laughs> and so we sit there and we just watch it and we watch it, and it gets it gets farther, closer, 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 like farther farther away from the campfire down there, and comes closer to us. And then it just disappeared. And we're like, kind of like looking around like, did this really happen? And even now yeah. some of us are, are just like, we don't, like, you know, when you see something that's that different, we ask ourselves, did it, ha- did it happen? And even the most skeptical of us was like, I saw lights. I can't yeah. tell. I, can't, I, I don't know what they were. I don't know if they're paranormal or not. And but I still saw them and the same with the red light is we all saw it and we all were just like we just don't know what it is yeah but we think you know most of us think it's it's very paranormal it has something to do with the UFO or or some kind of paranormal object that we just don't understand yet thank you for listening to the black cat report don't forget to like and subscribe and we'll see you on the other side